I guess first, uh, I need to begin with an apology uh, about going to one gathering. Uh, Thanksgiving, just that, you know, here's like a little inside baseball with, you know, church and stuff. Across the country, Thanksgiving Sunday is the lowest attended uh, church Sunday in the, in the whole year. It's true. And... Uh, you know, just people are traveling and, and a whole bunch of stuff. And that's been true here as well. And uh, so, uh, you know, we've always gone to one gathering in the morning on Thanksgiving Sunday, but I'm glad you're all here. Uh, it's very unexpected. And, uh, you know, we set up probably not enough communion cups as we go to communion today. So uh, maybe just take a little bit and put it back. <laughs> So we'll do the best we can, right? So, so we've been on this journey, right? And this is the last day of this journey as nuclear family, a source of power or destruction, really asking the question, uh, is, is there biblical principles that transcend time and culture? And we've really looked at the family and we've looked at the interaction of kind of the, uh, kind of the family unit and we've looked at kind of the roles of men and, and women, and last week we talked about parenting. But the reality is that, that not everyone in this broken and messy world can experience what we kind of acknowledge as the nuclear family. And the good thing about that is that, that God has a plan for all of us, that, that ultimately that we get to uh, carry His name as a family member, a name above all names. Uh, you know, I think that just as we enter into this, this talk today about what it means to be the family of God and just the health of, of the family, one of our pastors uh, and, and his wife, uh, Dan Meyer and, and Renee, uh, Renee, uh, lost the child that she was carrying. Uh, she, uh, they had been planning uh, that the birth was going to happen in February, and they completely uh, uh, had uh, started planning. I mean, that, 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 that this child that was growing, they, they were making room and plans, and, and uh, last, on, on Monday night, they went in for or on Tuesday, I believe it was, they went in for their normal appointment and the baby's heart had stopped. So the, she was so far along that, that she needed to uh, go in and, and give birth uh, to the child and uh, our, the Meyer family and, and by extension, my family and, and our church family, we've, we've been uh, devastated for them and just the just the reality of us living in a broken and messy world. And, and, and really, I think that, that as we're praying for them and caring for them and bringing them meals and, and things like that, that it really kind of heightens that awareness of what it means to be the family of God, what it means to look out for one another. We talked several weeks ago about how commitment is not for when times are going well. It's for when 
uh, everything falls apart. And, you know, every, every day in our, in our church, somebody experiences tragedy. Maybe their marriage falling apart, maybe loss of a child, maybe loss of a job. And it's in these times that, that our body comes together as the body of Christ and, and, and substitutes as best as we can to help come around that injured body part so it can heal. I was thinking about this all week and wrote down some thoughts. And obviously you've heard me say before, but just it's hit really close to home this time that we live in a broken, messy world. And it's a, it's a, it's a world where, where God allows us to learn from the consequences of our mistakes, not only our personal mistakes, but the mistakes of our ancestors. You know, many, many choices and many things that, that, that we deal with, we deal with because of the decisions of those who came before us. Pollution, debt, disease, war, poverty. These are all the realities of contemporary humanity. But the hard thing is, we have largely, not we as, as individuals, but we as a culture, it, that we have largely uh, continued down the same self-destructive path that has caused all of these things. We've chosen to comply, essentially, with a patch and proceed doctrine. That we have complied with this doctrine, choosing to focus on how nice the violinists are playing while the ship is going down. And I was sitting, and, and, and I was just like, I'm, I'm fed up. And I wanted to just stand up today and make a declaration. <laughs> I will not comply. I will not comply by focusing on the violinists while the world goes down all around us. I will not comply by, by focusing on a, mu- a magician's distraction to be entertained by his illusion. Like Daniel, I will not comply by eating what is convenient in substitute of what God has provided for me. I will not comply any longer to this patch and proceed doctrine. Not only just for what it does to me, but more so what it leaves for the next generation. I believe it's time that we turn into the the tide of humanity and go counter from the direction that they are going. Counter to them saying comply and keep on moving this way and counter turn and go toward the vision that God has for us. I just like to say, I will not comply to worship the God of now, where people get shot in our local Walmart over a parking space. 
But for me and my house, we will follow the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord of yesterday, of today, and forever. And the reality is, although I am in the world, I refuse to comply with the world's vision for my life. I will submit to God's vision for my life and his vision for creation, which transcends all time and all culture. And I believe this whole idea of the body of Christ, that this is central to God's vision, that that his vision for our life is having what? A right relationship with him and a right relationship with others. I love this. So binding is his vision of community that in the midst of collective individualism, that's what we exist in today, collective individualism. I will be with you as long as it's convenient to me. Collective individual that God has reordered the brokenness that we all exist in into a stunning mosaic called the body of Christ. I mean, think about it. That, that is where we are. And to me, it's almost inconceivable that we exist in this new covenant and God chose, this is God's choice under the new covenant, that that he chose as his personal manifestation here on earth. The very idea of the body of Christ, let that sink in. It's not just like some concept. This is the vision that God has as his manifestation, as his body on his earth. That he chose as his manifestation to be represented by a non-compliant culture in the culture of individual collectivism. And he has asked his people to stand up and say, I will not comply with your doctrine of patch and proceed. But I will relentlessly pursue who you have called me to be, but not only me, but who you have called me to be as a part of your body. I love it in, in Ephesians 2.10. You can open up your Bibles. We're going to be a little bit in, in Ephesians 2 here today. But you think about this, 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 this mosaic that we are all part of. These pieces that have been broken up, been picked up in our broken lives and put together into something so beautiful. In Ephesians 2.10, you know what God calls that? He calls it his masterpiece. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us a long ago. We have not been called to be good little boys and girls. But we have been called to be stalwart giants that move 
through the sea of humanity that is pushing us, that is marching away from God. And we are pushing through that humanity to invite people and to be the body of Christ and to be that beautiful mosaic saying it does not need to be this way. And he goes on and he talks about this beautiful mosaic, which he calls his masterpiece. In verse 11, he says, don't forget, you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Jesus Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. And this is why we come to the table today is a reminder that we do not need to comply. That the body of Christ transcends America or China or capitalism or socialism or fascism or what other ism you want to throw at it. The manifestation of God is here. No matter what form of government, no matter what circumstance that we are in, it does not change who we are meant to be, we are called to be. And that is to be the conduits of God's love and mercy to this lost and hurting world, to be his masterpiece, a beautiful mosaic, which he has titled the body of Christ. Verse 14, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, his, uh, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separates us. He did this by ending the system of the law, which its commandments and regulations. He made peace between the Jews and the Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward one another was put to death. I think so often we forget that being the body of Christ by be, and being a follower of Christ is as much about who our relationship with God as it is with one another. There is no separation. If you hate someone in the body of Christ, you hate the body of Christ. It is a scary proposition. It is a metaphor that I think so often is lost upon us that we are that manifestation. We are the ones that are people are meant to be able to point to who have never read the Bible and say, that's what God is like. That's God's body. Look at what God is doing in this world. 
let that wash over you for a second. Verse 19, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. No, we're not outsiders. We are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's people. And as members of God's family, as, as what traditionally used to happen in marriages, two families would unite under one name. That, that now we who, who are members of God's family carry His name. We are called Christians, Christians. We carry His name the name above all name. And now we live under a new paradigm, a paradigm of grace and love and forgiveness and unity. We don't live as collective individuals. And I think so often this is preached from our pulpits that, that you know what, this individualistic salvation. Yes, of course, we have an individual relationship with God, but it doesn't begin and end with that. that. That we are brought into the family of God. And that, that we as the body of Christ are unified and work together. We are the body of Christ that, that is a masterful, interreliant work of art bringing love and hope and light to this lost and hurting world. As a body of Christ, we are the avatar. We are the icon. And we are called to take care of one another. When one part of the body is sick or broken, we come around that body, that part of the body, and we see them to healing. This is what we do in our care team for all of us here. This is what we're going to do for Pastor Dan and his family as they are hurting. It's what we're doing for Pastor Eric and his family so they can go on sabbatical and, and become healthy. We all know this. We live this metaphor, a metaphor every time we fly, right? That, that we're sitting in the, in the, in the airline and in the, in the nice uh, flight attendant will get on there, or, or maybe it's just a video nowadays, and says what? If there's, a, if there's a change in cabin pressure, mass will drop. And if that happens, panic. No, that's why they don't let me do the video. If that happens, what? We all know. Anybody who's ever flown knows. Put your own mask on first. Put your own mask on first. It's not a statement of value because I can tell you if my wife is next to one of my kids, her first instinct is not to save her life. It's to save our kid's life. That everything in her would say, I'm going to put the mask on my kid first. It's not a statement of value. It's a statement of reality that if you are not conscious, you cannot help anyone else. 
well, that's not fair, but it's reality. And I've got to tell you, men and women, ladies and men and gentlemen, sometimes we just got to call it like it is. We just got to put away all the mumbo-jumbo speak and just say, grow up. And say, you know what, this is just reality. And you know what, reality sometimes is uncomfortable. In fact, I would go so far to say reality is always uncomfortable. But if we don't deal in reality, we cannot help anyone else. All this to kind of lead to a place where we've been in this building for almost nine years. And it has been an amazing blessing, but it has also uh, been a place where, uh, you know what, uh, it, has, it has served its purpose. And you know what? As the body of Christ, as we come together, just like when your family outgrows a space that you look for a new space that will help minister to your family and help grow your family, it's time for us to do that. And we've put together a little video of some, some exciting news. And I want you to watch this video. And, and there's no details in the, in the video, but it kind of is going to give you an overarching. The more details are going to come out. But, but you know what? Take from this that, you know what, God is moving and God has been faithful to us. But also it is, it is, uh, it is time that we are able to do something else. Watch this video with me. On March 1st, 2003, E3 signed a three-year lease on an abandoned restaurant. With sacrificial generosity, fervent prayer, and arduous hard work, a group of pioneers took vacation time and family time to prepare a place for people that they had never met and didn't even know if they were coming, just for the opportunity to share the gospel in a relational and understandable way. 28 days later, we had our first worship gathering, beginning a new church where faith, authenticity, and emerging culture meets. On February 28, 2006, that three-year lease ended, and our church has been month-to-month -month in a facility ever since. For the past six and a half years, we have been living with an unstable facility situation, with the distraction knowing that we are potentially only 30 days away from being evicted. For years, we have been looking for a stable space which would facilitate us making, maturing, and mobilizing fully devoted followers of Christ. And after kissing many a frog, we have finally found a prince of a facility that will give us the stability to move forward, better facilitate ministry, and give us room to grow. I'm excited to give you the first look at our new facility, which will be our brand new church home, beginning on January 6th, 2013. 
Moving to this new facility will dramatically impact worship arts. We absolutely believe that this is an opportunity to provide a heightened worship experience on Sunday for our community. And we believe that we'll create an environment that will help draw people more deeply into worship with God. We're going to take this opportunity to re-examine some of our systems and assumptions about the way we do ministry. And this is the right move for us. It is a blessing. With this move to our new space, E3Kids and Student Ministries are going to have a facility equipped to minister to our children, students, and families, and have a greater impact in the city of Tallahassee. E3Kids is going to benefit from a truly dedicated space that increases our safety and solidifies our mission to make, mature, and mobilize fully devoted followers of Christ. The dedicated ministry rooms for nursery and toddlers, preschool, and elementary age will facilitate our ministry to the children of E3 more intentionally and securely. This new space also offers us the opportunity to redefine what it means to attend and serve in E3 Kids. A new space means a new E3 Kids for children and volunteers alike. Both of our junior high and high school growth groups will also benefit from a dedicated space free from the noise and distractions of its current location. This is going to increase the interaction between our volunteer leaders and the students and between the students themselves. These growth groups are going to have a great space that is going to facilitate closer connection to each other and to God. The Inward and Outward Connexity Ministries are excited about the move and the new larger space that will better facilitate events and opportunities to connect people with community on Sundays and throughout the week. We will actually be able to do outreach for some of our larger events, like 70s night, 80s prom, etc., with the larger space. The large lobby area will provide a great space for connecting with new people and making them feel welcome each Sunday. Administratively, the addition of permanent office space and records and supply storage space will make everything in the back office run more efficiently. We're actually hoping to start a volunteer team to help with reception and light administrative duties during the week, which will make us more accessible to visitors during the weekdays and also free up the staff for ministry planning. Well, number one, be generous. Be generous with your time, your money, and your talents. We are asking everyone to give generously to make this move a blessing for our church and our city. Several E3ers are already taking vacation between December 26th and January 6th. Others are giving financially and many others are using their talents in order to make this move happen. This is an exciting time for our church. It is a time that we can all pitch in and be part of what God is doing in our community and through our community. The next several weeks are going to be hard work, but a time that will bind us together. And I look forward to discovering God's blessings with you. Yay! We are really excited uh, 
about about this, uh, but also, you know, a lot, yeah, sad as, as well. I would just be, you know, honest with you, but it is a very exciting thing. Uh, we've had a dedicated team uh, uh, serving and, and looking for a space for years, and uh, them coming up and uh, with this space and doing a lot of hard work, just kind of researching and everything. It is it is an amazing time. Uh, before we enter uh, into communion, I just I want to give you some things, some real clear things to pray about during communion, and it really relates to this move. The, the first question is, ask God, how, how are you calling me to be part of this move? The reality is we can't do it by ourselves. And the reality is that we do these things not for ourselves, but in, for ourselves to be healthy enough to be able to minister to, to others. We are putting on, you know, our, our life mask. And this is really for those of you who consider E3 your church. So if you consider E3 your church, these are some specific things I want you to pray about. The question is not if you should participate. The question is how, and how much are you going to participate? I want you to ask questions of yourself like, if I plan ahead, how much impact can I have through service? I have been so humbled already just uh, with the tech team working so hard and the, and the pastoral staff. I want to just tell you some stories of what people have already told me. There are people in our community who have already come to me and said, you know what, I'm going to ask for vacation time off of that week during the move. I don't know if you can do that. I'd never even dreamed that somebody would do that, but we've had several people already come to me and say, I'm going to take vacation during this time. Sounds like a lousy vacation to me, but also sounds like an amazing, awesome vacation that you get to, you know, experience the fruit of it for, you know, years and years to come and see other people being blessed by it. I mean, amazing. I had uh, one, one young man uh, come up to me and say, you know what, I'm going to put off my move to California so I can be here during this time. Eric Case, who was meant to go on sabbatical on December 31st, came to me and said, you know what, Mark, I'm going to extend my sabbatical out a week I can, uh, so I can be part of this. This is the kind of commitment that builds churches and changes people's lives. Also, I want you to, to ask yourself, how can I sacrifice? How much can I give? If I sacrifice something, if I sacrifice a dinner out a week, what does that add up in the next four weeks? I had somebody after the owner's worship gathering come up to me and, and, and give me a check and say, hey, this should get the ball rolling. It got the ball rolling. But you know what? All of us should be asking the question. If, if this is your church and you believe in what God has called us to do, say, you know what? How can, how can I participate financially in making this next step happening? And then another person, I think that we just have to get creative because for a lot of us, you know, there is no room in our budget, Right? And somebody asked me um, about something, and, and I wasn't sure how to share this, this, this but the, uh, 
originally I was going to say they had some old jewelry that that uh, they don't wear anymore, and they're all like, "Hey, Mark, with gold prices, what if I just gave some, you know, gave some jewelry and 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 you know some gold and everything?" I'm like, "Wow, that's really creative thinking, and that would really work." But I want to I want to take that story a little bit farther without betraying any confidences. This is this is a piece of jewelry from. A, a marriage that dissolved and kind of this thing that's been holding them to be able to take it and just kind of give it to God and say, you know what, God, redeem, redeem this pain, redeem this hurt for the future blessings of people. You know, I've been part of God's stories uh, throughout the progress or progression of the life of our of our community, I could tell you hundreds of stories of sacrifice that we all benefit from. Some of the big ones: a couple in California put off buying a house in order to support E3 getting started. Uh, they they put off they gave everything they were saving uh, per month uh, to E3 for the first year, uh, so we could get up and off the ground. We are all here because of their sacrifice. They've never. Or they, they actually flew out once, but I mean, they don't go here. They live in California, obviously. I mean, stories like that. And, and we all are invited to be part of those kind of stories. That if this place has meant something to you and meant something to your kids, that, you know what? This is the time. This is time not only for our own health, but it will set us up for the future to be able to minister to other people. And one thing for sure for me personally, I would not want to be part of any community that didn't sacrifice for others that they have never met and may never meet. Just like when we opened this place, that people sacrificed of their time and their money, and they didn't know you. They didn't know that you were coming. Did it all because we were a little bit crazy, that thinking that, that, you know what, perhaps God can work through us and bless Tallahassee. I hope that you've been blessed, and I hope that you will continue that legacy along with me in my family and, and the owners and, and many other people here to be, continue being a blessing uh, to our city. I'm going to pray. Eric's going to set up communion. We're going to just play a couple of songs um, on the outro and uh, be praying about it. Really be praying about it. And I, I don't ask people to do much. I really don't. You don't... I but unless I wholeheartedly believe in it. I will never ask you, in fact, to do something I do not believe in. I wholeheartedly believe that this is the right move for our community, and it is the next step. And I am inviting you to participate in a big way. You guys pray with me? Dear God, I just uh, thank you for this time and this place. God, I just pray... uh, as people sacrifice that uh, they will not sacrifice 
for sacrifice sake, but they will, it'll be a natural extension. It'll be a natural extension of just what this place has come to mean in their lives and how you've worked through this place to work in their lives. God, I just pray that, that, that you will give each and every one of us clear eyes to how we can participate and how we can change the trajectory of, of our church and give dangerous gifts of time, give dangerous gifts of money, give dangerous gifts of, of talents. God, I just am amazed already of the level of commitment in people who've just come up to me, who've just heard kind of whisperings of this. God, I look forward to what you're going to do in this time. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.